0: This is the Employment Law Show. It is. That is correct, which means we are ready to go, which means you are ready to go. It's a good way to kick off a Monday, uh, Monday uh, evening to, to make yourself smarter. That's what we endeavor to do here all week long, Monday to Thursday. Employment Law Show is live at 630 to 7. Then Friday we kick over the Disability Law Show. And uh, so let's get into it, is, is how they sit. Well, they don't say that. I'm just saying that. Alex Luchaferro is here, uh, not only damn good looking, but also a fantastic lawyer. <laughs> Courtesy of Sam Firou, to Mark Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. He will be answering all of your questions tonight, so bring them on. You have time to grab a phone. Do it now, 416-870-6400. It doesn't matter what it is about employment law, your job personally, or otherwise uh, having to do with something that's happened with you at the workplace. There is no dumb questions. Every time you ask a question, you're asking questions for thousands of others that are probably wondering the same thing or in a similar situation. Predicament. So please bring it on. Live show ready to go. 416 870 6400. And we're going to get to when an employer cannot let you go. That is on the way in just a bit. Alex, my brother, you got the case of the day. What is happening?
1: Hey, John. Thanks very much. Great to be here. As usual, it's been a busy start to, to the week for us. Lots of people contacting us with questions about their employment law situations. Uh, what did we touch on today? I feel a ton of, ton of different employment law questions today. Uh, John, questions about terminations and severance pay, of course. Spoke to someone about temporary layoffs, another individual about medical leaves of absence. And of course, of course, we're still getting questions about COVID-19, about mandatory vaccination policies uh, in the workplace. And listen, John, and that's great. We always encourage people to contact us, seek out that help, seek out the information and the advice that they need to resolve their workplace problems, whether you want to call into the show right now, which would be great, of course, or if you want to contact us off air at the office, however you want to get a hold of us. The important thing is that if you have questions about your work, if you've been let go from your job or if you feel like your employer is not holding up its end of the bargain, you need to speak with an employment lawyer as soon as possible. These kinds of conversations can't wait. can literally affect your entire career and they could impact negatively your case if you're waiting too long if for example let's say there's a change to the terms of your employment if you wait too long it's going to negatively impact the options that you have and as you very well said john the more information and knowledge you have as an employee the more protected the more prepared you're going to be to deal with any workplace issue that comes your way so With all of that said, let's get to the case of the day here. It's an opportunity to talk about one particular matter I dealt with today that hopefully will provide a good lesson for our listeners. Uh, Spoke to a very nice lady uh, earlier this morning, uh, John. Um, She was let go from her job just today. She received a notice of termination. She had a meeting with her employer. Her employer emailed her. She was working from home. uh, Her employer emailed her a termination letter. And said, effective eight weeks from now, your employment is going to be coming to an end. So she was given eight weeks notice of her termination. Now, this woman is in her early 40s. Uh, John, she had worked with this company for about eight years. I think it was a touch over eight years. And she was most recently in a supervisor uh, position. And again, she was let go. And you know, the first thing that needs to be said here, John, is there is nothing inherently wrong in this situation with an employer letting an employee go. They have the right to terminate her without cause, of course, provided that the employer pay the correct amount of severance. Right. And so the question this woman had for me was, is eight weeks severance appropriate for someone in their early 40s with eight years of service in a supervisor position? And John, you have been doing this long enough where you already know the answer to this question probably very, very well, and probably our longtime listeners know the answer to this question uh, very well. The answer is very simply, absolutely not. Eight weeks notice is nowhere near enough severance or enough notice for an eight-year employee who's in their early 40s in a supervisor position. Actually, she's probably owed eight months of severance, yep. not eight weeks of severance. Uh, eight weeks of, of notice or severance or a combination of either one uh, is, I mean, literally a small fraction of this woman's full severance entitlements. I say, I know, I, I mentioned this, John, not because it's this rare example of a rare, uh, you know, rare severance offer. The reality is we see these kinds of severance offers every single day an employer will offer an employee their minimum, their absolute bare minimum entitlements, which in this lady's case would be eight weeks, one per year of service, and then assume that that's the maximum that they have to provide. And that's absolutely not the case. This lady is owed her full severance entitlements, which again, amount to eight months of pay, not eight weeks of pay. And so we're going to be helping her and assisting her and reaching out to her employer. I think we're going to have to be doing some education here John because it's very clear this employer doesn't know the way severance works. So we're going to bring them up to speed with the way the severance uh, works and we're going to negotiate a reasonable severance package for for this nice lady and get her the severance that she's owed and get her that security that she needs in order to hold her over until she can find that next job.
0: And as Alex mentioned reaching out anytime for a more private conversation you guys that can be had no problem 1855821 5900 help at ca. just getting our first couple calls lined up here and uh, let's get to that shall we uh in just a minute but uh, before that when an employee cannot let you go how about that action you cannot be let go because you are sick and cannot work that's the first one Alex what do you say
1: yeah. And again, as I previously mentioned, uh, John, this should be, uh, you know, in the employment uh, law 101 rulebook for all employees across the province to know whether you're unionized or non-unionized or whatever your employment status is. If you're on a medical leave of absence, you cannot be let go because of it. Right. An employer cannot terminate the employment of an employee because they are on a medical uh, a leave of absence. They have to allow that employee time to recover from that medical leave or from that sick leave and return back to work. Not only do they get to return back to work, John, they also have the right to return back to the same position that they left and the same terms of employment that they left. So again, same position, but also same hours of work, uh, same kind of work, same terms of employment. That is an inherent right that all employees have. It's unfortunate, but we see very often employers letting employees go because they've taken too long a medical leave yeah. or because they can't return back to work in perfect shape, and that is going to be discrimination. It's going to be a human rights violation. Do not mess with employees who are on medical leaves of absence.
0: 416-870-6400. The number to call in and talk, have your say, ask your questions here for the remainder of the show tonight. Jewel, thank you so much for standing by for a moment taking the time. How are you tonight?
2: Very nice, and uh, you guys have a great show, and I really listen as, as I can. Okay, the, John was talking about the uh, the uh, eight years of management position and the regular employee. What, I have the impression that management position person has less credibility to fight back as opposed to regular employee. So how how does it play out? You know, because he's a, he's a, one of them, management position. So he's he not going to get that much uh sorry you will get, be getting same like other regular employees
1: it's it's an interesting question Jewel, and it's actually uh the opposite in non unionized environments you might be referring when you say management has you know potentially less rights or less options it sounds like you might be re- referring Jewel, to a unionized work setting where of course the union is governed by the collective agreement and they have rights and protections under that collective agreement and management is simply Uh, you know, a representative of the employer. But again, your logic is actually, uh, should be the reverse. It is the case that for management level employees, or in other words, the more senior or the more specialized your position is within an employer, certainly when it comes to severance, the more severance you are going to be entitled to. And the reason for that, Joel, is because those positions, those management level positions or again, those positions that are more specialized, those positions are more difficult to find in the job market. And ultimately, that is the point of severance. Severance is meant to hold an employee over until they can find new work. And so if you are looking at a smaller job pool as a management level employee or, again, as a very specialized uh, employee, it's going to be tougher for you to find another job. Hence, why you would be owed more severance. That's the way it works.
2: Thank you, and good to know that.
0: Appreciate your call, Julian. You want to uh, follow up at a later time, you always have the option of emailing Alex and his team, help at employmentlawyer.ca. The website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, and one You know, on the first point about uh, we talked about just before we uh, went to the phones, Alex, you know, when an employer cannot let you go, can't be let go because you are sick or cannot work, your doctor, your medical team, they are the gatekeepers of your health, and it is them, them only that have the, the right to tell an employee, if you can and cannot work, that could be two days, two weeks, two years. That's, that's where you need to go, and that's, you're safe as long as you have that, right?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right, uh, John. Your doctor is your shield that you can use against your employer if they are questioning you with respect to your ability to work or not. And again, we can be talking about a medical leave of absence where the employee is not able to work whatsoever, or we can even be talking about accommodations in the workplace. And it's important to remember in that respect that an employer has a duty to accommodate employees with health issues, with certain medical accommodations that need to be met. Oftentimes, again, we will see employers say, well, you can only return back to work if you're 110% fully fit, (sighs) right? Let's say to a physically demanding job. And it's just simply not true. John, you can have some restrictions and you can ask for accommodation, again, as you put so perfectly, through your doctor. Uh, Make sure your doctor writes up a note saying what you can and can't do. Again, your employer has to respect those accommodations to what we call the point of undue hardship. That is a very, very high bar. It has to be near impossible for an employer to accommodate you for them to be able to say no to you. And so, again, this is a tool that employees have in their tool belt. Speak to your doctor. If you have some issues at work physically or even mentally for that matter, uh, get a note from your doctor. Your employer has to respect those medical accommodations. No ifs, ands, or buts.
0: And if you found it in your practice, Alex, with, with matters of this, uh, this nature, both employees and employers can get caught up in the fact that you may only have 10 sick days, 10 sick days, but that doesn't mean you can't be sick beyond 10 days because it doesn't work like that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely correct. And what you're referring to there, John, is, well, then those 10 sick days would potentially be paid sick days. Mm -hmm. Some employers, uh, you know, have those kinds of benefits where, you know, you can be paid for a certain amount of time where you're medically unable to work. Uh, If that's not the case, you can still take that time off as an employee. You can still go on a medical leave of absence. Now, of course, that medical leave will be unpaid. So there's no obligation on an employer to necessarily pay you for that. Uh, Time off. But again, you have the right to take it and you cannot be punished or terminated for taking a medical leave of absence, even if the leave is unpaid.
0: Again, getting rid of a lot of confusion we do every weeknight on this show, you have an opportunity to call in 416 870 6400. Short break right now. Pete, stand by. You, my friend, are up next. Your phone calls as well. Again, 416 870 6400. You got lots of time. We'll continue the Monday night edition. This is the Employment Law Show. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. And welcome back. It is uh, 647. Lots of time. Yeah, 416-870-6400. Going to be diving back into our topic as well, when an employer cannot let you go. But as promised, we'll uh, let's get to Pete. Hi, Pete. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? Good evening, guys. Beauty. What's going uh, on, pal? Too much.
2: Um, I have a quick question about uh, the issue with being a unionized employee. Mm. Um... I understand that anything that arises of the ambit of the collective agreement, then the, I guess the court of competent jurisdiction is the labor board, you have to go through a grievance process, and what have you, except in a few circumstances. I've learned that all from listening to you guys over quite a period of time. But one thing that's come up a few times that it, it sort of came up on a couple of callers ago is what happens if you have a human rights complaint and that goes to the human rights tribunal, does it not? Is it uh, is it arguable outside of the uh, union
1: relationship with the employer, or no? Yeah, it's a great it's a great question, Pete. And you're certainly on the right track. And so, you know, to the first point you made, you're absolutely right. When we're talking about a unionized employee. Uh, the union is that employee's legal representative and the terms of that employee's employment are going to be governed by the collective agreement, which, of course, governs the terms of employment for the entire union and all its em- employees and the legal framework for whatever dispute you know that arises between an employer and an employee have to be resolved through that union and through an arbitration process. Now, and again, secondly, as you correctly mentioned, and interestingly enough, a human rights violation or a human rights claim is an exception to that rule. A unionized employee can actually file a human rights claim at the Human Rights Tribunal in Ontario on their own, without legal representation from their union necessarily so that's one exception to the rule pete that you correctly point out it is a tricky situation however so you may if you know if you or a colleague of yours is in a situation like that you certainly want to get some legal advice as one small example of how tricky these things can be it is very dangerous and and uh probably ultimately a failed attempt to both file a grievance and a human rights complaint for the same issue, you want to make sure that you're not kind of commencing two actions, one within the unionized or the arbitration process and one without, that would be problematic. So if there's a human rights issue that arises out of a unionized work environment, uh, you can certainly go to the human rights tribunal as an employee, but there are some pitfalls that you need to look out for before you make that decision. I appreciate that. The the issue was there's somebody that I am aware of that had Um,
2: On to the union over an issue. And um, the union basically, because they own the grievance the moment it's written out, Mm -hmm. um, they decided not to pursue it. Uh, But there was a very, very large human rights component to it that they just ignored completely. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a non-representation as well by that. But I guess... um, I don't know if it means they're too late to do anything about that with the human rights.
1: I think the devil will be in the details in the sense that, you know, again, if, if if this was simply brought to the union's attention and nothing was ultimately done, you know, your colleague may still have the ability to start a claim outside of that process at the human rights tribunal. If it was actually formally filed as a grievance and investigated and ultimately arbitrated, uh, then your colleague may be out of uh, luck. Uh, you know, I guess the basic advice I would have in the circumstances and, you know, typically we cannot help unionized employees, but in a case like this for your colleague, it may be worth having a conversation with an employment lawyer to figure out if there are any options out, outside of that unionized uh, process that, that they can, you know, perhaps select. Okay, thanks very much. I will pass it on to them.
0: Thanks, Pete. Appreciate your time as well. We still have some time, by the way. 416-870-6400 is the way you want to uh, give us a call. 416-870-6400. Give us a call. Let's talk. In the meantime, we're going to be talking about this again, Alex, when an employee cannot let you go. Another one where employers trip up on all the time. Uh, That is, you cannot be let go if you have a drug or alcohol problem. It's an addiction.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And probably surprising to hear for lots of uh, for lots of people. But, you know, you've got to treat a uh, drug or alcohol addiction issue very similar to the way you would treat any other medical disability, because in Ontario, at least, and I think this is generally true throughout Canada as well, John, uh, drug or alcohol addiction has been found to be a disability and therefore employees who have those addiction issues are protected under human rights legislation. It's not to say that they can cause a ruckus in their workplace if they're addicted to drug or uh, drugs or addicted to alcohol and put other people in danger and jeopardy, but certain minimum rights and protections need to be respected. For example, and again to the initial point we were talking about here, their right to take a medical leave of absence, to recover from these uh, addiction issues, or to receive treatment from these addiction issues. Another right would be to accommodation in the workplace if they're dealing with these kinds of addiction uh, issues. You cannot simply let an employee go if you discover that they have a drug or alcohol addiction problem. They need to be accommodated either in the form of a medical leave of absence or with some other kind of uh, accommodation. Those are inherent rights that every employee has in the province.
0: Now, this one should be, you know, the top of the banner for ho. Oh, so obvious, but people still st- mess it up. Employers, anyway, and that is, you cannot be let like, go for any reason related to pregnancy or parental leave, anything under that banner, right?
1: You're absolutely right, uh, John. This is this should be top of uh, of the list, and we've uh, we should have, you know, we should have this printed on our mugs and our t shirts. But don't mess with mama when it comes That's to it. employment. When it comes to employment uh, law, you cannot let an employee go because they. Uh, have told you that they're pregnant or because they've told you that they'll be taking a parental uh, leave that is completely illegal. It's uh, a breach of the Employment Standards Act in Ontario. It's a breach of human rights uh, legislation. Of course, you're going to owe that employee severance in addition to all of the other damages that they might be owed. And ultimately, that employee would actually have the right, uh, as would be the case in these other examples as well. Again, whether we're talking about medical leaves of absence or drug and alcohol addiction, Mm -hmm. Uh, John, these people actually would have a claim to get their jobs back. Yeah, Uh, it's the reason why this particular segment is called when you can't let an employee go. It's because these employees have, again, an inherent right to their jobs because of their special status, whether that's a medical leave, whether that's a drug and alcohol addiction problem, or whether uh, they are pregnant uh, or on parental leave or maternity leave. These people have an automatic, inherent right to keep their jobs, and not only to keep their jobs, but to also return to the jobs they left once they're ready to come back to work.
0: Let's get uh, Avery on here quickly. Hi, Avery. Thank you for uh, thank you for taking the time. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call.
2: Yeah. Uh, our employer our employer gave us two years' notice on our vacation policy. We used to be able to carry over up to two or three times our, our vacation days. Now we can only go five days, and if we don't use it by the end of this year, we will lose our vacation. Hmm. So, is that? Can they take away the vacation money or just the time?
1: It's an excellent question, uh, Avery, and I I hate to say it. I say it I say it to gritted teeth, uh, through gritted teeth. Uh, but because the employer is giving such advance notice, and I think you mentioned they're giving two years notice of this change correct me if i'm wrong there uh, that is going to be a perfectly legal enforceable thing to do and is actually the way an employer should be doing something like this and listen i get it i know you're losing out here this is uh, a benefit that's being taken away from you an employer is allowed to make a change like that provided the correct amount of notice is provided and for any kind of longer service employee Uh, two years is going to be a very reasonable amount of notice. So not ideal, Avery, but because your employer is giving such long notice, it makes the change uh, perfectly legal and perfectly enforceable. Excellent. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks, Avery. Appreciate your call, and uh, feel free to uh, you know call Alex with any other questions uh, beyond this, 1-855-821-5900. In our last uh, minute, uh, minute and a half of the show here, I want to ask you one final question. That no, Well, not one final question, but we'll get to this last, uh, last point. You cannot be let go if you complain about workplace harassment, even if you're wrong, correct?
1: That's exactly right. The Occupational Health and Safety Act in Ontario, uh, John, protects employees from any kind of reprisal, any kind of punishment for bringing concerns uh, with respect to workplace harassment and bullying. So employees that have concerns about the way they're being treated by a colleague or the way they're being treated by their boss, if they bring those concerns to their employer, whether that's HR or a manager or an owner of the company, again, they cannot be punished or let go in response to them bringing the complaint. And as you very well said, John, Even if their complaint is ultimately deemed unfounded, even if it's investigated, which it should be by the employer, there's a legal obligation to investigate claims of workplace harassment. But even if that complainant is uh, ultimately uh, found to have illegitimately filed a complaint, again, it cannot be punished. It cannot be let go. The position can't change. Nothing bad could happen to them. It's meant to promote workplace health and safety uh, and workplaces that are free. From harassment and
0: bullying. Done for another night. Back in tomorrow at 6.30. Thank you for joining us. 1 821 5900. Reach out to Alex, Employment Law Show.